Welcome to Restored Life Radio. At Restored Life, we believe you were created for a great purpose with great promise and provision. That's why we're here. We're here to help you overcome the obstacles that keep you from the pinnacle you were meant for. And now, here's our Restored Life coach, Dwayne Wolf. Darkness, gross darkness, will cover the people, but the Lord will shine on you. And I was thinking, even this morning, that this is not just, uh, it's not just with spiritual implication that we should take that verse. In other words, it's not just uh, more evangelism, it's not just uh, sharing your faith, but it's actually in every realm of society, in every realm of culture, in everything that we're doing, in everything that we're up to, shine because there's going to be light on us, so shine, shine in business. Hello? You, you follow what I'm saying? Uh, shine in ethical practices, shine in serving, shine in every realm where we serve. No matter where we're serving, arise and shine. In other words, shine doesn't just mean be spiritual. It doesn't mean just share your faith. It means reflect the goodness and the nature and the excellence and the wonder of God wherever you're at, because darkness is going to be covering the people. Now, that scripture was ultimately fulfilled, or in its first context, fulfilled when the Lord came. And, and now he's saying there's a fresh emphasis on that verse. And I'm looking at everything that's going on in culture, everything that's going on in society, and this is just a great time to shine. It's a great time to shine. But also, there's great hope within our hearts that as things are shaking, he says, once more, I'll shake everything. And he says, once more, I'll shake the heavens and the earth. And he's going to shake things so that the things that can be shaken begin to fall apart and the things that cannot be shaken remain and come to the forefront. So God is shaking all things, or all things are going to shake that are not on the foundation of the Word of God, but us who can't be shaken. We have a foundation who can't, that can't be shaken will emerge to the forefront in the midst of that shaking. So this is a time of emerging. This is a time of shining. This is a time really of, uh, I believe it's a time where the sons of man become the sons of God in a more significant way. God is wanting to do amazing things with us. So as we're going through this message on the superiority of the word, and uh, we were thinking about the superiority, the superiority of the word, I leave that message and the Holy Spirit says to me, that's how I'm going to fulfill Isaiah 65, 18. So have you ever read verses or you ever read passages or you've seen passages and like they've boggled your mind or you've seen passages and they really stir you up? They really like, what in the world is that all about? What does that mean? What's that from? How could that come to pass? And you don't have the answer. And then leaving that message that day, the Holy Spirit said, that's how I'm going to bring it to pass. Let's go to Isaiah 65, 18. We'll start at verse 17. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. 
But be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem for rejoicing and her people for gladness. I will also rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. And there will, be, there will no longer be heard in her the voice of weeping and the sound of crying. No longer will there be in it an infant who lives but a few days or an old man who does not live out his days. For the youth will die at the age of 100, and the one who does not reach the age of 100 shall be thought accursed. And they shall build houses and inhabit them, and they shall also plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit, they shall not plant and another eat. For as the lifetime of a tree, so shall the days of my people and my chosen ones shall wear out the work of their hands." They shall not labor in vain or bear children in calamity, for they are the offspring of those blessed by the Lord and their descendants with them. And it will also come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they're still speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall graze together. That's a good thing for me. And the lion shall eat straw like ox. And the dust shall be the serpent's food. And they shall do no evil or harm in my holy mountain, says the Lord. Now, where my attention goes to a crazy passage like this is that these people, if anyone in this group dies at 100 or younger, they're thought to be accursed. And their lifespan is so long as compared to the lifespan of a tree. And their lifespan is so long that they wear out the work of their hands. So in other words, their stuff perishes before they do. So by metaphor, they have the life of a tree. Trees live a long time. So this is interesting. Now, what's weird about this whole passage is this passage is coming to pass before the millennium or before the translation, before the last trumpet. How do we know this is taking place before the last trumpet and before the millennium? Because these people still die. After the last trumpet then you and I, our, our corruption will take on incorruption, our mortality will take on immortality, and we will be changed, 1 Corinthians 15, in the twinkling of an eye, we will be changed, right? So this is talking about something that takes place before the last trumpet. This is something that takes place before the end of the age. This is something that takes place before a translation period and what we might consider to be a millennial reign. Isn't that interesting? So that kind of boggles your mind. So in other words, so this speaks to this whole idea of progressive transformation or progressive restoration. This speaks to the whole idea that things are meant to get better and better and better in the fullness of the manifestation of us as believers bearing the image of Jesus. And it's interesting that as we go further, generation upon generation of bearing the image of Jesus, beholding him and becoming more like him, changed into his image from glory to glory, 2 Corinthians 3.18, that what happens in the process is that even length of years are added to us. Restored life is the ministry built and developed, designed to help you rebuild your foundation and restore your garden. We know that every single person faces sabotage, difficulties, 
every kind of obstacle and oppressive power to harm and to ruin their future. And so we are here to help you get restored and discover how to walk in restoration. Call us today, 253-922-1502, 253-922-1502, and ask about the Restored Life classes today. One thing that stuff like this provokes me in is that, that we, we've, we should never settle for status quo. We should never, never settle for a hold the fort Christianity or status quo Christianity. We should never settle for um, just trying to get back to the early church. What God has in mind for us will make the early church salivate. And they will be watching a generation from heaven that is progressively walking in, tasting in, reaching and manifesting a fullness of the glory of God at such a level that the Apostle Paul will be, he'll be slobbering, he'll need big napkins, and he'll be like, oh my goodness, the day I lived in was great, but oh, I wish I could have lived in that generation that's on the earth right now. And this is what we need to see in our mind's eye, that if 2 Corinthians 3.18 is true, that we... As we behold him, as in a mirror, as we behold him, that we are changed into his image from glory to glory. By the way, death couldn't conquer him. That's another part of the image we're changed into. By the way, he laid down his life. They couldn't take it from him. That's another part of his image that we're changed into. Hebrews chapter 1 says he's the exact representation of the Father. Ephesians 1, 2 Corinthians 3, Romans chapter 8, over and over again, the Holy Spirit continues to tell us that His image is the one we're being transformed into. That it's His image, His likeness that we're being transformed into. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13 tells us that the fivefold ministry has been given to the church, apostle, pastor, teacher, prophet, evangelist, until we all come into the fullness of the faith, of the stature of the man Christ Jesus. There's going to be a generation that comes into the fullness of the stature of the faith of Christ Jesus. What will that generation look like? And don't you know if God has that in mind for a generation, don't you know if that is the manifestation of progressive Revelation, progressive restoration, and progressive glory to glory work of the Holy Spirit in the church. Don't you know, if, if that's the case, then that means that he, he has to do something great with you. He wants to do something great with you. Because your ceiling is the next generation's floor. He has to do something. He doesn't want you to be living in the revelation of the 1800s, the revelation of 1910 or 1920, the revelation of 1511 and Martin Luther. These were good revelations, but did you know the Holy Spirit has new and fresh revelation for you in your generation, that your generation, that you in your generation 
live at a higher level, not because you're so cool, but because he's so cool and he's coolly pouring out his grace upon you in your generation because he wants there to be on the earth a generation that walks and looks and functions exactly as Jesus. I believe translations will be normal as Philip was translated from one place to another. The beginnings of what we saw in the book of Acts will be normative and we will have them beyond. And where Jesus said, greater works will you do because I go to the Father. He wasn't teasing. He wasn't joking. And the church is in recovery. And as we recover from Satan's work in the church and recover from doctrines of demons and recover from unbelief and doubt and recover from religiosity and legalism, and recover who he's called us and made us to be, we will see greater works. And he's passionate about this in your life. He's passionate. He wants you to see greater works. He wants you to see greater works. He wants you to take the lid and the limitations off. Quit saying, I can't be as great as Paul. Thanks again for tuning in to Restored Life Radio. We are so glad that you're with us. We want you to call today, 922-1502. That's the 253 area code. Or email us as well at the Restored Institute. Restored Institute at Gmail. Restored Institute, all lowercase Gmail. God bless you. We're going back into the program now. I can't be like Jesus. Oh, that was Jesus. He was deity. Oh, but he stripped himself of deity. We're told very clearly that all that he did, he did not in his deity. He did as a man that he might leave for us an example that we too could by faith enter in to the greater works. So what provoked all of this? I just just feel like the time is here. You know, all of this shaking and all of this shift, the time is here. Israel becoming a nation in 1948. Can a nation be birthed in a day? Yes, it was. This is the third day. A day with the Lord is is a thousand years. By the way, that's 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 8. Do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as a day. And, And by the way, the context... The context is eschatology. He's talking, about, he's talking about what God's up to in the earth. And he's talking about the end days. Hosea 6.1 Come, let us return to the Lord, for he has torn us. This is about Israel. He will heal us. He has wounded us, but he will bandage us. This is about Israel. Israel was torn and wounded. But, verse 2, he will revive us after two days. He will raise us up on the third day that we may live before him. Israel is about to be raised up. We are in the third day, church. For a day with the Lord is is a thousand years. We've entered into the third day. These are crazy times. These are crazy times. These are amazing times. And when darkness is covering the people and darkness is increasing in the midst of culture, guess what? God wants to rise and shine on you. 
God wants to shine his light on you and through you and in the midst of you. Yeah, this, 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 this is an amazing time because all of this shaking is going on and the things that need to be shaken are going to be shaken. You that cannot be shaken will be lifted to the forefront and God will shine his light on you more intensely from glory to glory as you gaze into the image of Jesus so that you come into the fullness of the stature of the faith of the Son of God so that you actually begin to manifest more fully His love, His goodness, His mercy, His kindness, His signs and wonders, His breakthroughs, His joy, His peace. You know, some of the greatest things, some of the greatest signs and wonders that we need today are not a healed leg, they are joy. They are peace in the midst of contradiction, in the midst of circumstances that should not be bringing peace, and we will have the sign and the wonder of peace. We will have joy in the midst of circumstances that totally contradict joy. We will have love when it, when it is the darkest and it is the most impossible to have love, we will be manifesting love. The fruit of the Spirit is still one of the greatest signs and wonders on the planet. And you will be bearing witness to the fruit of the Spirit more richly, more fully, more intensely because God is shining His light on you. Now the sermon that we walked away from that morning was just talking about the superiority of God's Word. And how God's word has the power to transform us. How are we going to get into the fullness of the stature of Jesus? How will there be a generation that outlives the work of their hands, has the lifespan of a tree? How are we going to get there? The superiority of the word of God. The word of God is, Luke 8, 11, the word of God is the seed of God. First Peter Chapter 1, the Word of God is living incorruptible seed, imperishable. Verse 23 of 1 Peter, For you have been born again, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable. That is through the living and abiding Word of God. The Word of God is seed, Luke 8, 11. The Word of God is imperishable. The Word of God, and here's the deal with seeds. Seeds contain in them the power to produce after their own kind. Seeds. Seeds, that's why if we behold Jesus, if we behold the Word, if we love the Word, James says when you read the Word, don't walk away and forget what you read. Don't be a forgetful hearer or a forgetful reader. When you read or hear the word, the word, he says, is the mirror of you. That word describes your new creation. That word describes the new image. That word describes who God has made you in Jesus. That word describes the new creation. So when you read or see the word, don't walk away and forget what manner of nature you are because the Word has described you. And this is how transformation comes. 
This is why the enemy wants to keep you from the word. And this is why the enemy doesn't want you to agree with the word. Because the ultimate expression of the word getting planted in your heart is agreement. You know what we do with seeds. We run around and we get the seeds that we want. The seeds that we want to bring forth the replication of the DNA, the code that is written in the seed. We grab those seeds. We take them into good soil somewhere right? And we plant those seeds. Well, the Word of God has to get planted in our hearts. James 1, 21, in humility. In humility, receive the Word implanted, which is able to save your souls. Now, that's the New American. That's the King James. It's able to save your souls. The NIV says it's able to save your life. There's other translations. I like the New American, the King James in this instance because it hangs on to the original word. And that's important that we actually see. See, because he's talking to Christians who've already been born of the Spirit, but after you've been born of the Spirit, you still have some messes. And so the Holy Spirit is working to save or regenerate or bring life to your soul. That is, touch every realm of your mind, will, emotions, reasoning, and imagination with his word in such a way that you yield to the truth of his word to bear the fruit of his word in your life. And so he's not talking about getting born again. He's not talking about coming to the altar. He's not talking about confessing Christ for salvation. He's talking about the regeneration of your mind, will, emotions, and reasoning, the way you look, see, perceive, and think about every realm of life and living. He says the Word of God, if you'll receive it in humility and let it get planted on the inside of your mind, will, emotions, reasoning, and imagination, then it is able to save or regenerate, not your spirit only now, but your soul, mind, will, emotions, reasoning, and imagination. And John says, by the way, as your soul prospers, so also will you prosper in health and in every other realm. Third John 2, beloved, I pray that you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. Your spirit is quite happy. That's where Jesus dwells. That's where he's trying to lead you into truth by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit bears witness of the presence of God, the presence of Jesus on the inside of you. And the Holy Spirit bears witness to the fact that you have been now made righteous, not because you deserved it, made righteous because you've received the gift of righteousness through Jesus because he paid the price for your salvation and covered you with his own righteousness. And so your righteousness before God is not because of your works, not because of your perfection, but because he's covered you and you, he's covered you because you've believed upon him to cover you. So he's dwelling in your spirit and he's the one telling you right now, this is a pretty good message. You should pay attention. Your spirit is prosperous, but your soul, that's where you could be saying, you know what? I wonder if we'll make it to lunch today right now. And you could be saying, how am I going to get the tire fixed? And so your soul realm could be saying, you know, I don't believe this thing about like living as long as a tree. I think this is a bunch of hooey. I didn't hear this at the other church I went to, and I went there a long time. And those people went to cemetery, I mean seminary. And so I know those people are smart. And so your soul could be saying, 
all sorts of stuff right now. And this is where James is saying, if you want a transformed life, you have to bring your soul into a state of humility where your soul will receive the word of God and allow it to be planted. And the first sign of the word being planted in your heart is agreement with your mouth. This is the sign. The sign that you have allowed, that you've submitted to something. And this is, this is by the way, this is how God is going to take and bring forth you in your generation to a greater place. And you'll become the ceiling to somebody's floor. And he's going to bring forth a generation before the last trumpet who taste of the new heaven and the new earth, which Peter said, we're looking for that right now. Peter said, we're looking for that right now. Peter said, even the angels long to look into and understand the sufferings of Jesus and the glories that would follow. I mean, these are crazy, crazy days. And the way transformation comes, what's it mean to be transformed? We say that verse all the time. Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. You've been listening to Restored Life Radio. For more information on the Restored Life Institute, contact us at 253-922-1502.